I'm Aunt Kelly Anakin. And I'm Molly of Mitchell Sanchez. We're here to take birth control and talk about The Handmaid's Tale. And we are all out of birth control. Thanks, Trump. This is Red All Over, your handy Handmaid's Tale recap. Blessed be the fruit. Ooh. This was the most upsetting episode to me of the season. Wow. Yeah. This is episode five, season two, episode five, Seeds. Seeds. Anytime anybody in Gilead starts talking about seeds. You know what's semen. (laughs) No, they're just playing an apple tree. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. Uh, Oh, the Lord is good to to me. me. And so I thank the Lord for giving me the things I need. The sun and the rain and the apple seed. The Lord is good to me. Chow down. Yeah, girl. Yeah. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Hello. I was a Girl Scouts. I know what's going on. I'm about to go back of the bread on you later. (laughs) (laughs) Before we get into it. After the, now that we've said grace, uh, before we, alias grace, <laughs> get it. Before we get into the episode, I want to shout out some redheads from our Facebook group who wanted a shout out. Shout out to Rachel Kenneth, who says, so excited. I had lost my job when the first season aired and your podcast was a bright spot for me during that crappy time. Can't wait to see where the show goes this season and to hear your snarky witty take on it. Rachel. Joel, dude, thank you so much. That's yeah, so nice congrats, I assume, on the new job. Yeah, congrats. And don't worry, jobs ebb and flow, but awesome girls are forever, and you're clearly very awesome because you have awesome taste in podcasts. <laughs> so thanks to you. And if you want to participate in the discussion, go to facebook.com slash over, and we have lively topics every week. And the return soon of Woke Bay Wednesday. Woke Bay Wednesday. <laughs> so yeah, so thanks to all the redheads who continue to interact with us on twitter and on the book of faces i appreciate it all right are you ready yes are you ready to dig a hole and pat your seed and water it (laughs) gross (laughs) all right let's get into this episode so the very first scene is she's burning the letters burning the letters which might have redeemed her you forfeit all right okay anyway yeah so june first sticks her head in the sink and i was like that's a weird way to do life that's how i drink water okay whatever look i used to do that when i was a child but okay when i was a child i did childish things and became an adult i use a cup oh girl (laughs) you get one sono speaker and you think you're an adult okay (laughs) relax i really am so uh, she, yeah, because she gets the bundles of the letters out and then, br- again, where where are you getting all this fire? I was thinking the exact same thing. Where are you getting thing. these matches from? Well, we know that there's, I can't remember actually if they've done it in the show or not, but the, in the book, there's a designated match drawer mm-hmm. that only Serena and Rita have access to. Right. So maybe she went there. She does actually have a lot more agency to just doodle around the house than she did in the book, too. Yeah, agreed. I mean, and I guess it does get kind of boring. Like, if she literally can't do anything, it's Um, not interesting from a narrative perspective. But she's burning the letters in the sink, and who should come but Nicholas? (laughs) Oh, Nicholas. Nicholas! And he's like... Nicholas! He's like kind of freaking out. It's like, dude... I mean, granted, she should have been like, hey, Nick, here's these letters. You throw this away. Like... Yeah, or something well, like like are people not going to smell like burning paper has a very distinctive smell. Also, you know those guys probably have a fire alarm like yeah. 
it, it, it's such a poor idea, but I think you're supposed to get that she is so cracked at this point that like she doesn't I mean, care. Look, I understand wanting to get rid of this incriminating information, and mm-hmm. she's leaning into being Offred so hard. It's it's an interesting image that doesn't quite work. They don't get to know what I said. I mean, she didn't write them. Okay. I think there's a Charlotte in there. You're burning me other people's letters. <laughs> Guys, if you don't think that's the best Hamilton song, you are wrong. Wow. Anyway. Fighting words. <laughs> so in this next scene, it's the next morning. And apparently nobody has noticed that. W- listen, you don't need to laugh because I thought this was in the previous episode. It really made an impact on me. I'm sorry. I wrote, but I wrote down the same thing. So clearly it had an impact yeah. on me as well. They're weighing and measuring Offred, which I found extremely triggering. I'm sure I'm not alone. <sighs> yeah. Like memo to purportedly feminist shows, which granted have not done a great job of body diversity. Mm-hmm. But like numbers and like pounds and things like that are extremely triggering if you're trying to recover from the eating disorder or diet culture or anything like that it feels like it feels like bragging and i know it's not emos's fault but it's just like i I don't weigh 132 pounds not pregnant totally and i believe at the beginning of the season they said she weighed 120 pounds 120 pounds so she's gained like 12 pounds which i guess they're supposed to be like but it's still not fun we don't hear we don't need we don't need this yeah i don't like it yeah Um, and if anything you if you're trying to establish that a checkup is going on, just come in when you're measuring her belly circumference. Yeah, I we mean, don't need the numbers. And there's just there's no narrative reason for them to include this information. So Bruce Miller and co. Could you please respect healthy at any size? Just, and just, just think not, about it. Yeah. The most interesting thing about this scene is how Serena Joy clocks that Aunt Lydia is writing things down. Mm-hmm. And to see the like beautiful traces of like jealousy in her face as she sees her just writing even something simple as like figures and aunt lydia clocks her clocking her (laughs) and she has to say oh you know special dispensation for for aunts yeah and i'm curious like how many other special dispensations are there well my aunt nana says one of them is letting babies drink soda because that's what she did to me (laughs) shout out to you aunt nana i don't think you're listening but if you are you the real one uh but that was an aunt dispensation in my family and we do find out also in this scene that aunt lydia used to smoke so she's still kind of like yeah i think she like found out that serena was still smoking and she's like you know i used to smoke but now i don't and i thought maybe we were gonna get aunt lydia flashbacks in this episode <gasps> I but we did it. i know i'm well, dying I, to see them i think she mentions serena joy quitting because serena joy is like very much even more on edge uh-huh this whole episode and we see her like really into tea mm-hmm. <laughs> so tea is her anti-drug here's something interesting that i'm not sure if it was done on purpose but i reacted to it as if it was we see a really pointed shot of serena joy sort of steeping the tea mm-hmm. and lifting the bag out and what is that if not seeing weakened versions of people so we're seeing the sifted version of Aunt Lydia and the sifted version of Serena Joy and the sifted version of all these women. I'm going to stand by it. Nope. Yep. Nope. I don't accept yep. this. I'm no. Oh, thank you. Okay. But uh, all right. she's doing this because she offered Aunt Lydia a cup of tea. Yeah. Before she leaves. And it's clear that she doesn't like Aunt Lydia. Aunt Lydia has been sleeping here, by the way. I know. And at this point, she's like Mary Poppinsing out. And she's like, I have other households to visit. Yes. And, you know, Bert comes running out and he's like, Aunt Lydia 
Poppins! Isn't it, that didn't work? You know, it's funny because it is Fred coming out to say goodbye to her. It, yeah. it also, I mean, but she also she refuses. The, like after she said, "Yeah, I'll have a cup of tea." Serena Joy makes the tea, and then she's like, "Oh, you know what? Actually, I don't have time." It's a power move. And she also is saying, "Oh, you know, my job is to make sure the mood in the household." is okay and serena's like what's wrong with my mood your mood is fine the mood is fine <laughs> won't you have a shortbread finger <laughs> <laughs> the best the it's funny that you mentioned mary poppins because this interaction between her and fred does remind me of the time in mary poppins when the first nanny is quitting and she's uh-huh. leaving and mr banks is so happy that he's like what a very pretty hat and yeah, he, like, yeah, he just yeah. doesn't get it <laughs> but the other thing i thought was funny is he says oh Goodbye, aunt. And for a second, I thought he said Anne. Uh-huh. <laughs> like he slipped. <laughs> but what's interesting here is, again, we see this theme of names being so important mm-hmm. because he said, how's Alfred doing? And Aunt Lydia recoils a little bit and goes, the handmaid is fine. Like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. she knows something's up. Mm-hmm. She says that she thinks that she's carrying a boy and the commander oozes like, what What man doesn't want a son? And he knows about Nick, though, right? Like, he knows that it's not his. Did Serena tell him that it was Nick? Or does he just, Oh, that's interesting. I can't remember. I don't remember because it would really inform everything else that happens in this episode. Well, and so I think he's put it together at least. Yeah, because who else? Because who else could it be? Like, she's not allowed around other dudes. So I think he knows a little bit. I also had predicted that it might be a boy. So who knows? I mean, I always sort of want symmetry in it's my in my fiction uh, yeah. children havers. I don't know what that means, but yeah, yeah. it's like, well, she already has a girl, so I'd really like for her to have a boy. Yeah, but get a set. Guess what time it is? What time? Colony time! Colony time! Everybody. When are these colonies gonna rise up? When are these <laughs> colonies gonna rise up? Not this episode. Oh, they're all singing a John Denver song. Um, that is funny. I think it's a hymn, but I think John Denver did cover it. But uh, morning has broken. Me, 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 I believe me, it is. Me, me. Not to music explain you, but I believe it is Cat Stevens. Fuck you, Cat Stevens. <laughs> yeah. And the cat you rode in on. <laughs> <laughs> Suck it, Yusuf Islam. <laughs> Just kidding. I love Cat Stevens. Yeah, I'm like, he's fine. But you're right. Yes, it is a it is a hymn, but also a <laughs> a hymn. Him being Cat Stevens. <laughs> <laughs> so they're carting out, and I guess this is a thing they do every morning, the... Bring out your dead. <laughs> Bring out your dead. I'm not dead yet. And it soon will be. <laughs> they cart out the dead unwomen, mm-hmm. and it's depressing. But Janine is talking to Emily. They're out in the field at this point, yeah? Mm-hmm. They're, so they're out there, they're digging, yeah, yeah. doing their work that I don't understand. And Janine still believes in God. And she says, yeah, God saved me two times. There must be a reason. And Emily's head is just like exploding. Like you can just see her like queer feminist scientist, everything melting. It's very funny, the juxtaposition. But it also reminds me, have you seen the movie The Florida Project? No. It's excellent. You would like it. But the little girl actress in there, I keep watching her in interviews, and she's so, like, filthy in the movie, but in real life, she is definitely, like, a homeschooled Christian kid, because they'll be doing an interview with her, and it's regular, 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 Uh and they're like, well, what, are you upset that you didn't get nominated for the Oscar? She's like... No, because it is God's plan. (gasps) And you can see the interviewer trying to go like, okay, let's wrap this up. And she goes, but, but you know, he's, he's the king of all of us, right? And the interviewer's like, oh no. (laughs) 
So God bless. That's even more awkward than the R. Kelly interview at Coachella. Oh, jeez. <laughs> that was fantastic. Lord. Fuck R. Kelly. R. Kelly is the commander in our modern age. He is the commander he in our modern so age. so is. And Free R. Kelly's ladies. I never listened to his music, so. <sighs> Where were we? So Janine's faith is so interesting because how strange, not strange, but just what an interesting choice to make her st- Still, still crazy after and she all these still years. Loves Aunt Lydia, because she named yes. her. She's like, yeah, Aunt Lydia said that God takes oh. care of all of us, and she still believes that. That is just such the like abused abuser mentality. Mm-hmm. And this is sort of the arc of this episode. But what does it get, Emily? Being yeah. like it's this true. realist. It's true. Janine is happy. Yeah, she's so fucking happy in the I colonies. Really like that. I do too. And it's like you know what? Like. You know, Janina has a very different backstory and a very different engagement with Gilead yeah. than Emily does. But, you know, nothing that she went through would be any better because she knew how horrible the stuff that she was going through was. Like, well, you know, and again, it's like ignorance is not the same as ignoring. Janine has the beautiful gift of ignorance. And yeah. I think she said that doesn't she say something like she thinks she might get out of the colonies because God is taking care of her. Yeah. And this is an interesting juxtaposition too between the sort of faith of Marissa Tomei episodes mm-hmm. earlier and the faith of Janine. And Marissa Tomei sort of has faith that God will rescue her just because it seems like the next logical thing. Like she's too good for this. Exactly. Fate. Whereas Janine, it it's born of trust and a faith yes. where she's like, oh, well, I could get out of here because God has saved me from all these situations. I heard somebody say recently that faith is luck with a track record. Ooh. And um that's great. Yeah, and I mean Janine's track record is pretty good. I mean, she made it through the Red Center when it looked like she might not. Yeah. She got pregnant as a handmaid, which you might not. Oh my god. She gave birth to what is by all accounts a very happy, healthy baby, if not a fussy baby. Yeah. <laughs> and she you know, tried to steal yeah. said baby and tried to kill herself and survived. So, I mean, if you subscribe to that idea that everything is God's plan yeah. and that God is holding her in the palm of his hand, you know, she's got more evidence than Emily. I think that's beautiful. And I think there's something nice about that. And I think it would be so easy in a show that clearly shows like a religious... Oligarchy is not the word, but like a theocracy. Re- uh, yeah, it would be easy to make this show like boo religion, bad, 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 bad. But this is showing somebody who truly believes and who is really faithful for the sake of being faithful. Yeah, and, and again, not a bad. Guy. I think this is intentional because we saw the prayer rug and yeah. the Quran yes. at the Econo people's uh-huh. house. We've seen June engaging with her Catholic heritage. Yeah. I again, I think we're, we're going to see even more interesting Mm -hmm. pieces of religious practice either from flashbacks or in the way that people are carrying that torch in even in gilead we find out that emily's friend kit is dying again she appears to have been introduced to die actually that's not true she was the fingernail lady that bothered you so much oh Huh. Yeah, so she, I think, is the one who pulled her fingernail off and put it in the soap. But she's definitely the one who said the thing about the Yelp review. <laughs> so she's got a sense of humor, but she's just, she's really not doing well. Right. And she has somebody that we later find out is, like, her partner well, yeah. in, in the colony. So, like, it's not just, like, they're friends. They're, like, lovers. This whole colony art gets so Orange is the New Black. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, Orange is the New Black when it was good. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> I enjoy it more than I thought I would. 
we cut to Offred on the crapper. And Which I is was funny like, because, oh, sorry, go ahead, go ahead. I was just like, oh, I was like, this is interesting. And then it got real interesting. But I was like, what a strange thing. But, you know, I oh. like seeing people use the bathroom. Me too. I thought it <laughs> in TV. Uh- <laughs> I do. No, it's again. And I think I can't remember if I've talked about it on this podcast, but like Mike Mulligan in the steam shovel in <laughs> Ramona the Pest, I think it is. Yeah. When her teacher reads them Mike Mulligan in the steam shovel. And she's like, whoa, 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 whoa. If he dug all day long, when did Mike Mulligan go to the bathroom? <laughs> and all the kids were like. Ramona Quimby is a convincing speaker. She makes a variety of good points. And their teacher is just like, oh, my God. When are we going to do our Ramona Quimby focused podcast? Because I am here for it. I have a lot of thoughts and they must be preserved for posterity. It'll be called Whopper Burger. Yes. (laughs) Or Chevrolet. Chevrolet. (laughs) Actually, I would think it'd be called Sustained Silent Podcasting. (gasps) Oh, my God. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. You're correct. Anyway. uh, So it's just us. It's just us sitting here. Um, it's we'll, like ambient noise. We'll workshop it. We'll workshop it. Actually, I thought it was funny that we cut to her on the toilet because the last thing from the checkup scene is Aunt Lydia saying, when's the last time you had a bowel movement? Right. And Serena Joy answers because she's been keeping tabs, which is, yeah. I think, gross and hilarious. So I was ready for this to be a funny scene. All the about human body. Pooping. What a disgusting miracle. <laughs> Speaking of disgusting, oh, non-miraculous things. I, yeah, I flipped out. And like, cause like there's pregnancy spotting that's okay. Like first couple days of your period where it's just sort of like light pink or even like brown can be okay. But this is full on bleeding and yeah. it does not look good. It certainly doesn't. And well, she and, just kind and of. Serena has been making much of the fact that Aunt Lydia doesn't need to be there. The doctor says she's perfectly healthy. Everything is fine. So, I mean, it's like, how long can she keep this a secret? And it's just like, I, you know. I don't know what she's going to do at this point because it's just like, oh, I I really want a midwife from Nanata's house to show up and like tell me what's going on. I love those Chummy! Oh, free chummy. Help us, chummy. But then it transitions to the scene where they're taking a walk, a walk and talk. Because Aunt Lydia has been very like, you need to take two walks a day, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And Serena is just like, okay, fine, God. But she also makes mention that it's important for the baby to hear Serena's uh-huh. voice. Yeah. Which is, uh, again, I bet you if we could see that manual, I bet it's in uh-huh. there. Like, you're supposed to talk to the there, belly. Or it would have to be like their oral tradition manual. I mean, yeah. the, the ants might have a menu. I a bet manual. the ants have a manual that they kind of coach i bet honestly i bet you do get assigned to aunt like a doula almost yeah for the, your process of having your handmaid pregnant so they see the putnams again oh boy and there was another person there and i didn't catch her name of zachary oh of zachary is one of the handmaids they say hello to oh okay yeah this was this was a wife that was hanging out with naomi putnam oh right and this is when serena joy goes let's engage in some team building gossip huh nah. <laughs> And well, she because won't. Naomi is constantly complaining about Angela. She's like, oh, she's teething. But it's not just the gossip because it really hurts Serena yeah. to see. And because she said this in the previous season mm-hmm. where she's like, all she ever does is complain about this baby. And like, mm-hmm. I would do anything to have a baby. And so for her to be like, oh, she's teething and all these problems. And she's like, oh. You know, Naomi Putnam never found a thing about that baby she couldn't complain about. I know. She says something else. Her preliminary attempt at gossip, I didn't write down what it was, but it was a comment on a handmaid. And I honestly, maybe you blocked it out because I think it was a body comment. Oh, really? I must have blocked it out because I do not remember I don't have it written down, but she makes an initial remark, I think, about of Zachary. (laughs) 
and I can't remember what she says about her, but I, it might be something to the effect of like, if she's really trying to conceive, she shouldn't be doing X. I don't, uh-huh. I don't remember. But you're right. The, what she says about the Putnams is that like, why would she complain so much about this gift? Which is so true. Offred is so compliant. All she's saying is yes, Mrs. Waterford. No, Mrs. Waterford. So we've got sort of two things going on here where she is actively suppressing herself. Mm-hmm. On top of which, something's going awry Mm -hmm. with this pregnancy. And she's trying to conceal it. And my interpretation is, if she miscarries this baby, she no longer has value and will be sent to the colonies or executed or rehoused. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, you know, there's also the question of, like, is the commander you know better than the commander you don't know? Well, actually, the read I had on it was that, like, she's so numb at this point, she doesn't even register it as a bad thing. Yeah. She's just like, oh, there's blood there. We've had good weather. Goodbye. I think... I but think I think either could yeah, be correct. I think that she's clocked it. Like yeah. I I don't think that you could possibly not be having a reaction. Mm-hmm. But Serena is really suspicious because she's so compliant. And it's again it's this sort of like careful what you wish for situation totally. because it's like before when she was being really defiant she didn't like that, but she still doesn't like this. And fundamentally at the end of the day, Serena just wants to control everything. Yeah. Like Offers being compliant, but she's not being compliant in the way that Serena wants her to be compliant. Right. And in my fantasy, like, buddy cop version of this, <laughs> I just would be so interested to see in, like, what kind of conversation could they have? Well, yeah, because the last time that she made what I thought was a perfectly innocuous comment about uh-huh. her baby shower, Serena uh-huh. hauled off and clocked Rita. Right. So it's like, what do you want her to say? What kind of interaction do you want? Well, it's interesting because before Serena didn't get mad in season one, she even like makes mention of the fact that Offred's had another baby when she's having her hold Angela, the Putnam's mm-hmm. daughter. Mm-hmm. And so she used to be okay with it, but this, I think the situation is so much more oh, fraught totally. now. I definitely think you're right. I don't know there what she could have said. There was nothing at stake for her when she was holding Naomi's baby. Totally. It, oh, God, I love Serena Joy. I love this interaction so much. Then we go to the next scene, which all I wrote is Nick is auditioning for Green Day. <laughs> but I, I can't unsee that now. Oh, my God. Because he's wearing like a black collared shirt and a black skinny tie and he looks That's to have eyeliner on. Wears, I know, but oh I've never God. seen it in such sharp relief as this. So no, he he's was... auditioning for the lead in American Idiot. Oh. <laughs> this is interesting because he goes up to Serena when they're back from their walk. Yes. And like off right again, like she's not engaging. She just goes up to her room and he goes up to Serena. He's like, How's Alfred's mental health? And she's like, what are you talking about? Also, did she tell you to talk to me? And he's like, no. And Serena's like, well, the doctor says she's fine. And he's like, you might want to take her to another kind of doctor. Damn, can you imagine that? Well, the like therapist, maybe? You can't even imagine. Like, I feel like everything that you would expect a good therapist to be able to do in Gilead, they are prohibited by law from doing. Totally. Except for, I imagine if there were to be like a therapist, I imagine it like the therapist from season one of Mad Men, mm-hmm. where he's, you know, talking to Betty and then at night calls Don and tells him yeah. everything. So it would be a very much like not ethical kind of therapy so serena is like alarmed mm-hmm. but he's not wrong like she's not yeah. doing well like yeah. even though this is an extreme coping me- mechanism that she's using mm-hmm. like to stay alive mm-hmm. it's not sustainable no and she's not okay no 
Not at all. I don't know what the next scene is because I just wrote, ugh, Fred is so rude. This is Fred when he's talking to the senator about getting Nick a promotion. Oh, gross. We find out in this scene that Nick's last name is Blaine. We knew, we knew that his name was Nick Blaine. Ugh, why didn't I react to it before? That's a horrible I don't know. Thing. I, it just makes me think of Waiting for Guffman. <laughs> Let's see. And the stool boom. I haven't seen that. So I think of there was Ken's friend from Barbie is named Blaine. <laughs> and there's a Blaine in another movie. Oh, I think in Pretty in Pink, the rich guy's name is Blaine. Okay. Fuck him. Anyway, the commander is asking the senator if he can give a promotion to someone on his staff and maybe even have him do more out of home things. And the senator kind of turns it back around on him by saying like, oh, if he's so loyal, you should probably just keep him. In yeah. His so he's trying to get Nick away from him. So I think that he knows that Nick is the real father yeah. of this baby. And this senator is very, it's probably why he's a senator. He's very good at <laughs> turning this to He's like, yeah. Oh, because like the commander's like he's so loyal he's so great and the guy's like yeah what's the problem yeah he met your house jesus yeah and i do not know what it was that the commander did in this scene that was so rude but i found him very rude in this scene oh he quotes something yeah uh, fuck it i'm not interested let's get back to the real storyline yeah the real storyline has offred back in the tub she's supposed to take <laughs> two baths a day and you know what i wrote down i said you know what they did promise us that season two would be a bloodbath. <laughs> we just didn't think they meant literally. So whatever vague hope I had that this was just a minimal spotting mm-hmm. or just, you know, a half day's bleeding mm-hmm. is dashed by the fact Ooh. that she's in the tub and yeah. has bled enough that the water is like, you know, you can't even really see through it's it. It's red all over. Oh my, get it. Get it? Get it? Yeah, no, she is serving Elizabeth Bathory realness and, like, soaking in a pool of blood, yeah, basically. Yeah, and my note in all caps was, fuck, bro, this is bad! <laughs> Which I feel like is what Ken's friend Blaine would say <laughs> if he walked in. Uh, fuck, so. bro, this is bad! There's, like, a Barbie head on the floor. Somebody call Mid. She's in nursing school! <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. This next thing is the prevaganza. Uh, before that, though, we oh, see off making a toilet paper pad which we all know is the hail mary that every woman tries to throw to mm-hmm. her vagina and it never works it even, never works you gotta love you jam the toilet paper in that little pocket that's in the bottom of your panties you know yes, that's open-ended that wow then you still get blood on the top of your panties yeah listen this is not these desperate times what Call is for desperate measures what is the most makeshift period coping device you've ever made don't give me that face you've done it Is i it have p- but i mean it's just i it's just like the wrap you know just wrapping yeah. the toilet paper i've used a sock anyway oh my god okay not listen. one that i was wearing but when i was 12 i was so like embarrassed to ask anyone for help with uh-huh. my period that one time i was on vacation with my grandma and i didn't want to admit that i was bleeding profusely so i took a sock and used it oh my god always tell your grandmas you're on your period they will understand um did you get athlete's vagina i did <laughs> <laughs> i sure did and corns oh. you had to use tough actin tenactin on your vagina i sure didn't and folks don't do it <laughs> you got a whole delicate ph balance up there don't be so, putting socks there obviously she can't ask rita for her napkins because then people would find out that this is happening no and then we just see her drinking her green juice and serena joy <laughs> this i, I love this, this so much because serena joy is like oh offred are you too tired to go to the pravaganza and offred says no she can go and 
you know, Serena's kind of chattering, like, Aunt Lydia will be so proud of us for taking two walks today. Mm-hmm. And But she says to me with a pray of again, so she's like, not one of the commander's best efforts. <laughs> oh, snap. Serena Joy. Good call. <laughs> Little late, but worth the wait. Yeah, I thought that was a hilarious line. Oh, my God. And then... Alfred stands up and Rita notices that she looks a little bit off. She's off kilter for sure. And she's like, are you okay? And Alfred is so clearly not okay. But she's like, I'm fine. Mm -hmm. We've moved from like Grinch face to like, I want to say like lobotomy face. It's just like there's nobody home. The lights are on. Mm -hmm. I agree. It's very unsettling. So they go to the Pravaganza and this is the thing that got spoiled for me by those emails. Oh my God. I am so sorry. It was horrible. Because (laughs) I sent you that picture of my face, right? And that face was the face that I made in response to the reveal that we're not at yet. But so there's hella econo wives here, by the way. Are there? there? Huh? Yeah. Oh, wow. Behind the wives and the handmaids. I need to fix the color on my TV. (laughs) I cannot see shit. (laughs) And they're back behind them. And I don't know who comes. Is it Mr. Putnam who comes out? I don't know. Some old guy comes out. Some commander comes out. He says, we're here to honor. Who's officiating? It's not Mr. Putnam. No. Okay. I don't know who it is. If it's anybody. It's not Bradley Whitford. So Whitford watch. Oh, my gosh. You're right. This is episode five. And we have had nary a sighting. We are almost halfway through this season, no? It's 13 episodes. Oh, okay. Yeah. So we're not quite halfway through. But it is late in the season for such a marquee guest star. fuck. When is he going to come in? But, you know, if you think about it, Bradley Whitford was announced as a guest star far later than people like Marissa Tomei and Cherry Jones and Clay Duvall. So I think it may just be a character who doesn't come in until later in the season and they hadn't cast him yet. So Okay. At any rate, they're, they're honoring the Guardians and... Serena, she's weirdly like up and positive in oh, a way that I found very unsettling because like Alfred is just sitting there and they bring the guardians out because they're all being honored. It seems to me like they're getting like a medal or something like that. And I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. is this like part of the promotion? Like what's going mm-hmm. on? So Serena turns to Alfred and says, Nick looks really handsome, doesn't he? And it's like, you're not friends. I know. Like we don't, we that's don't... not like Jesus Christ. Well, that's what I like about Serena is like, her coping mechanism is like, all right, maybe we're girlfriends. Maybe it's that. Because it's it harkens back to like the well, clean plate club yeah. and like all kinds of like little gossipy things that they used to do. Mm-hmm. And now she's trying to get back into that. But it's so ham-fisted that it's oh, like yeah. it makes everyone uncomfortable. Well, and I think the thing is that after Alfred left and ran away, whatever Serena Joy thought about whatever kind of understanding yeah. they had has definitely been shattered. So it's like... Before this, Offred knew it was all bullshit. Mm -hmm. But now she really knows that it's all bullshit. Dang. And so this is straight up horrifying because, number one, the Doofy Guardian does not appear to be there. I don't think that he is doing a great job of being a guardian. Second of all, this is a mass wedding. Which is horrifying enough on its face. So all the women come out, they're dressed I'm in white. I'm so upset that this was spoiled for me because I don't know that I would know that this was happening. Look, it became clear to me that it was a wedding when they all came out in white and their faces well, were veiled. Yeah. And I have a Bible critique for this in a minute after we get to the horrible part. But is so it they, that Corinthians is overused? Because it is. It is, but no. <laughs> so they go through, it's actually that they don't lift the veil until after the ceremony oh. because that's the whole thing about Rachel and Leah 
is like that's why in the marriage ceremony you lift the veil before you say I do. But maybe that's them nodding to that on purpose. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, point being, all of these women come out and then they lift their veils. Uh oh, surprise! It's not women. It's motherfucking children. It's children. The the way that the commander has decided to neutralize Nick is to assign him a woman is the phrasing that they use in the book, yeah. which is the phrase that I'm going to use because this is so reprehensible oh. and horrible, but it's also perfectly logical for Gilead to right. do. And like they show all of these children who are like maybe 12, 13, and these are actual 12 and 13 year olds. Are they? Except for Nix, who is a, the prettiest because like no because they show her and I'm like well this must be next because everybody else was all like snaggle tooth like the tooth fairy is still coming they can't help it. i know they can't help it but apparently she can because she's gonna be a main character and but she is of age no uh i don't know the actress i don't know oh god help i mean me. i assume i don't think i don't know look i don't know <laughs> she's extremely young looking and like i think we cut to offred but like this is just and it's like did offred have any idea that this no. was happening. No. Nick must have known because like. Why they, else? Well, because they, what they gave them, those boxes that I thought were medals were actually wedding rings. So they yeah. put the ring on the girls and then the, they give the girls the rings and. <sighs> oh my God. It's so bad. And just look. And it's. And you know, this is, this is what will happen to Hannah. Eventually. Yeah, absolutely. What I thought was interesting about this is everyone's reaction to this. And Serena Joy is crying like she's at a real wedding. Yeah. Like she finds it gorgeous. Everybody thinks it's so beautiful and that the girls are so beautiful, which is bullshit because their outfits are not cute. <laughs> They're not cute. They're creepy. They're not cute. They're not cute. Oh, my God. And. One thing that this did put me in mind of, so I, as far as I can tell, Serena and Fred are about the same age. Yeah. And I just wonder what... I think Fred is maybe a little older than Serena. I think he's, but like not, not this significant. much older. Oh, no. Like Nick's what? Probably like 32 to 35, somewhere in there. Actually, I think Nick might be younger right. than... So, okay, uh, let's err on the side of him being young. If he's like 28, yeah. she's like 13 or 14. He's like twice her age. She's a child. I wonder if in... TV world, they're going to sanitize it and be like, oh no, she's she's 17. I don't think they are. I like, know. I think the point of this is to be horrifying. Yikes. Which, it in is. this regard, they have way bigger stones than Game of Thrones. Yeah. Who, I mean, granted, they kind of didn't have a choice in later seasons in terms of aging everybody right. up just because they all got older and yeah. Bran became a giant person. Ugh, Bran's the worst. Bran is the worst. Uh, but, like, Daenerys was a full-grown woman yeah. in the premiere of Game of Thrones when she is sold in marriage. And in the book. And in the book, she's 13. Yeah. And it's like, mm, have the courage of your source material, HBO. And who does, for better or for worse? And mm -hmm. it is horrifying. Oh, it my is God. so bad. I am so... Because it's just, it's just that reveal when it's just face after baby face. As soon as the brides walk out, did you know that Eden was going to be Nick's wife? No, I did not. As soon as I heard this spoiler, I'm like, ah, that's who's I, going to pair like, up. I don't, now I'm like, I don't remember. Like, I guess maybe I figured it out, like, when she, like, when they, like, lifted their veils. But it's just, like, we were so convinced she was going to be, like, a commander's wife. Yeah. And my question is, is it possible that if Nick, like, works his way up, he is a commander? 
Maybe. Because clearly there is some kind of, you know, there is a ladder that he can climb mm-hmm. because we heard the commander talking about getting him promotion and maybe mm-hmm. transferring him to D.C. Mm-hmm. So it's like if he yeah, I'm not sure. does well, could he become a commander? And what is Eden's status at this point? Yeah, I really don't know. It. I mean, the vibe that we get when she visits the Waterfords later, which we'll talk about, is very like, if your housekeeper had a girlfriend, you know, like... <laughs> <laughs> Not that I know what that's like. Yeah, I don't have, I have a housekeeper. A lot, well, I got a lot of questions. So um, we can we can we'll get to those later. questions we'll when we get to, to the questions. Because guess what? It's peanut butter colony time. Peanut butter colony time. Peanut butter colony time. I get so excited when we get to the colonies, <laughs> and I don't know why. Like I don't know that it's just like we haven't spent as much time there, yeah. so I find it less traumatic. Mm-hmm. But I am just like, thank God. Yeah, child wedding. Boo. Colonies. Yay. So we get this is interesting because I want us to think about if the title of this episode is Seeds, what is the difference between weeds and seeds? I didn't even clock that. And that makes so much sense. Or weeds with seeds like the milkweed that she's blowing. Or weed with seeds like marijuana that hasn't been cleaned properly. (laughs) 220, bro. Uh, It's 220. It's a 20 part. You can have 420 anytime. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> it is the day after 420 at recording, but uh, whatever. Colonies blaze it. Anyway, um, I love this part with Janine and the dandelion. I did not like it because there weren't enough things on the dandelion. <laughs> okay. It's an aesthetic thing. <laughs> the kids aren't cute enough to be married, <laughs> and the dandelion has not enough little dealies. Listen, I have high standards. <laughs> <laughs> the part that broke my heart about this scene is when she says, I want to change my wish. Oh, my God. Because I thought Kit died here. I thought Kit died here, too. This is bullshit. And then later I was like, wait a minute. But so Kit collapses in the field and her partner Partner. is named... Daisy? Daisy. Daisy? Where did I get that? Daisy. A dollop of Daisy? Mm, What would I do? Apparently I didn't write it down. I think it is like Daisy or something like that. I keep wanting to call her Naomi, but that's Mrs. Putnam. So she also looked a little bit like Cherry Jones. So I was like, oh, yeah, lady? I know. Because they showed her in, I think, this scene where like you kind of see her face. I was like, Cherry Jones. I just want Cherry Jones to show up again so badly. I don't know that she will. I don't think she's going to. But um, I would be really if she shows up again, I think she'll be in a flashback around the time of June and Luke's wedding. I agree. But if they showed her in that picture at the Red Center, however many years ago, she's probably she's dead. Killed. Like, yeah. there's no way. As Emily says, we come here, we work, we die. Yeah. Anyway, so, so... sad. She was making a wish, and then she sees her almost dying, and she goes, I want to change my wish, and it breaks I my heart. I love Janine so much. Which is a again, turn. I never thought I would love Janine, and I love yeah, her in she's this great. Well, and in the book, Janine in particular is, like, awful. Yeah. And here I'm just like, I love you. I know. I want you to be okay. Oh, God. Uh, oh, God. Oh, uh, God. Speaking of Corinthians, <laughs> Nick's reading it Yep, in the Waterford's living room. Mm-hmm. You know, if you don't know, it's love is patient, love is kind, love does not blah, blah, blah. Love does not read this. And uh, let me ask you, Corinthians at your wedding? Oh, my God, no. We did not get married in the church. <laughs> okay. Absolutely not. Okay. We read a poem by Oriah Mountain Dreamer. Wow. Yeah. Nice. And we had our friends play a Bright Eyes song. That's cool. Uh, first day of my life. Nice. Um, yeah. We had a really like lesbian wedding. <laughs> <laughs> Looking back, 
back. Looking back, like looking back on so much of my marriage is just like, oh wow. We were yeah. we were lesbians the whole time. Aww. So okay, wait, no, I didn't realize that that was Eden because I wrote Eden is this chick. Fuck. So I didn't realize it until this scene right. that this was the Eden that we had heard about. And her name is Eden Spencer. Uh, anything to be drawn from that? Maybe Diana Spencer. <laughs> Maybe no. Okay, not really. I, not really. It's uh, a dumb thing to say. I mean, I think it's a little on the nose that this child virgin is named eden but do you think they change children's names when they bring them into custody i don't know well she said she grew up on a farm yeah so that's weird i don't understand how that works again i would watch an entire show that's just explaining gilead genuinely i bet that's why they're like okay you want 10 seasons then yeah yeah, yeah. (laughs) like no i don't just like honestly write a blog about it and i'd be fine like yeah totally i don't need 10 seasons and that's my Bruce Miller impression. And the, yeah, you wanted ten seasons. The mood in the house, to borrow a phrase from Aunt Lydia, is fucked up because. <laughs> okay, so you know, Fred and Serena are like totally on board. They're really double dating it. They are, and you know, Serena asks Rita for some champagne, and she says, "Sorry, Alfred, husbands and wives only." And it's like, you could have just not said anything. She's pregnant. And then she gets sent to her room. And Rita passes her in the hallway. And <laughs> what does she say? She said, like, so that happened. Yes! <laughs> Again, Amanda Bruegel, be my best friend. I uh, love you. Your line readings are hot fire. We uh, love you. We love you. We love you. And you uh, seem like the most likely person out of this cast that actually listens to this podcast. <laughs> please. Uh, that's funny because that seems like, I hope that on the script it was like, Rita acknowledges that something happened and she just goes, so that happened. Because <laughs> what the heck else could you say? Except for like, is that a, is that a baby? Is that a baby? Is that a child? Did, did a baby come in here? Does she still have braces? Can she drink? <laughs> she can't. Listen, she, Eden's, Eden comes to the house and she goes, I'd like to stay and taste my short champagne. Yes. Yes. <laughs> dude while you're at it offered goes up to her room and undresses and her boxers are covered in blood I know, it's this just... i've definitely had happen Aww. where you take off your clothes and you're like oh no yeah <laughs> i wondered why things felt a little sticky i've like woken up in the morning and been like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. oh my god yeah also if you're a dude and you don't know anything about like periods and stuff and you're listening to this having your period and being pregnant are actually horrifyingly similar and yeah, that's why women who are pregnant are stressed out all the time. Cause it's like sometimes bleeding when you're pregnant is fine. Sometimes it's not, you never know. It's right. horrible. And again, I want to remind everybody, I was recently inserted with an IUD while watching this. Yeah. So it was just a body horror experience <laughs> <laughs> left, right and center. So uh, the next scene is these colonies again. Uh, we're just getting a wealth of riches with the colonies this episode. Uh, and then we get the body horror of Emily, like, brushing her teeth with her finger and one of the teeth falls out and this to me i read it as oh this is like the beginning of the end like she's been here long enough and seen enough people go through the stages of a horribly painful colony death like her skin is already a mess her skin is i want to send her all of my sephora free samples oh my god and it's the vib sale right now so she could cash in on that (laughs) Ugh. But then she goes back into the main room where all of the unwomen's beds are. Fiona. Her name is Fiona. Fiona. <laughs> Daisy. 
<laughs> Daisy. I, okay, Daisy is the Doofy Guardian's woman, is so what geez. I've decided. And she's of age because of I love doofy. the Doofy Guardian. <laughs> Um, oh yes, my bride Daisy. She's of doofy age. She just—I <laughs> just picture her like just Lesson like waving. Oh, I'm Mrs. Doofy. So we see that Fiona and Kit are doing a marriage ceremony, and and we found out earlier that one of the women who is there was a rabbi. Uh, yeah, yeah. So oh god, I definitely ugly cried. Oh, me too. During this, because the rabbi would say the blessing for the dead mm-hmm. over all of the women who pass away. Mm-hmm. And Janine, I think she says here, because mm-hmm. like Emily sees this and Janine is like, this was my idea. Mm-hmm. You know, I asked her to do it and I was like, they're not Jewish. And she said it didn't matter. And it's just uh-huh. like, oh, my God. And, you know, and, and there's just such a heartfelt mm-hmm little ceremony because the rabbi whose name is like Stacy maybe I could be yeah, I, don't I think remember. it starts with an S but this is what because like I hate going to weddings where clearly the officiant doesn't know the people even though that was what <laughs> I did because we just got this like guy off the internet oh yeah who we called the Reverend Beardy McGuy <laughs> and he was like a software developer with a great big bushy beard and he yeah. was a vegetarian so it was yeah. fine she's saying oh you know 11 months ago Fiona and Kit met each other and they've been inseparable ever since and they've been each other's, you know, light and strength. And it is just heartbreaking. But Kit is so happy. She's clearly in so much pain and in such a bad way. And just everybody needs this. Yeah. Everybody needs some kind of respite. Yeah. from the complete and utter misery that are their lives. And what is love if not the thing that saves us from despair? Baby, don't hurt me. Yeah. The thing that I am just realizing now is why this is particularly hurtful to Emily is Emily has lost a partner twice. Yeah. Emily lost Clea Duval, whose name we remembered was... It's Sylvia. Uh, I didn't remember it, but I looked it up, which I thought was really interesting in light of our March Sadness, March sadness winner. winner, Sylvia Plath. So she lost her wife, Sylvia, and then she saw the woman that she had an affair with... Be hanged. Be hanged in front of her. So no wonder... I mean, I would be sour on yeah, relationships, listen, too. I, I don't necessarily feel like emily's outlook is any more or less valuable or appropriate yeah like everybody reacts how they react and i mean look emily has done more to weaken gilead in her time than janine has Mm -hmm. but you know she pulls her aside and is like yelling at her for doing this Mm -hmm. which this felt a little inorganic to me somehow Ooh, not me. i don't know it didn't quite feel like it paid off but maybe you should talk about it since you liked it <laughs> well i would just think it's her trying to protect janine and yeah it, it's her saying like janine you got and it's almost like the time when moira slaps janine because it's trying to achieve the same mm-hmm. thing like mm-hmm. snap out of it janine come back on earth where we are and the difference is back in the red center janine oh. is like brainwashed and crazy but this kind of janine that we see in the colonies is more like yep i acknowledge all this bad stuff and i am choosing to be optimistic not because i am dumb and not because i am crazy but because that's how i will preserve myself and i think that this is the most authentic janine that we've seen for sure and again i mean like which isn't to discount i'm sure she still has a lot of problems oh yeah mentally from all of the various brainwashings 
And, you know, her commander essentially brainwashed her also on another level. Oh, God. But this is as much freedom as Janine is going to get. And I think she's really living it up. And I think that she is, at the very least, she's giving Emily something to think about. Of course. And, you know, and Emily says here, by the way, in case we forgot how horrible Emily's life has been, they cut off her clit. They cut off your eye and they cut off my clit. And I wrote, what is the clit if not the eye of the vagina? Um, technically it's the vulva <laughs> of the vulva. Technically it's the labia. Okay. Sorry. Thanks for vagina splaining me. Majora. <laughs> I vagina splain the majora of the time. Ah. <laughs> We're almost done kids. <laughs> so then we get to, I wrote the next scene takes place in Nick's dorm. Oh God. Uh, I'm tense. This whole scene. I have a lot of questions. So do I. I have a lot of questions. What's your first question? My first question is, did Nick know about this? Oof. I don't know. I don't know the answer. How how invested is he in Gilead? Because I don't feel like we have gotten a solid answer on any of this. Because we know he was with the Sons of Jacob Mm -hmm. early on. And it's like, how much of this is self-preservation? Were you a true believer at some point? I don't think so. How much culpability can I assign you for what's happening here? I think he's a street rat. I think that he's just like out for his own. Anytime anybody says street rat, I will laugh forever. That was what I was trying to do. But I think he is trying to. It's self-preservation. I don't think he buys into it. But I think he buys into it in the way that like men. If you're not doing anything against it, you're still buying into it. Yeah. You know, he's like the guy that tells women like, oh, yeah. This is messed up, huh? Yeah. Like tells no men. But again, I, I don't know. I'm not as convinced as you are. Mm -hmm. I think that there is part of him that really believes some of this stuff. And I think that his relationship with June, like, I don't think it's sustainable. Well, no shit, it's not sustainable. But like, but I'm saying, like, even if they got out of Gilead, like, Mm. this is like, this is like a prison relationship. Oh, totally. And. As we know from Orange is the New Black, which we're talking about, those don't go super well when somebody gets out. Or also the show Oz. Um, Justice for (laughs) Pusey, honestly. And I'm just not convinced. Like, I don't think he's on board with himself being married to this child Mm -hmm. because he thinks he's in love with June. Yeah. But A, I don't think he's really in love with June. I think he's in love with the idea of June in as much as June is in love with the idea of him to say nothing of the complete gulf of power imbalances between them. He has been with them since the framing of Gilead. Absolutely. That's part of why, you know, Fred keeps being like, oh, he's so loyal. He's like, yeah, he's so loyal that he fucked your handmaid. Honestly, though, to your point of like how complicit is he? I want to know, did Nick like help them assassinate congress that's what, what i want to know yeah who has he killed he's an eye and a driver that's the backstory i want to see <laughs> don't give me any of this and bullshit i hope honestly. she does I, you know what she's the one guest star that we've seen i would rather see zombie marissa tomei mm. out there in the colonies mm. than i would see annie come back yeah no disrespect to that actress who did a great oh, job yeah, she did an awesome job with a dumb dumb hack story my second question about this interaction is who the Fuck our Eden's parents. I wrote, is her mother an Econo person? Because they make mention of her having to leave them, but it sounds like they are fairly nearby, so they might see them. About an hour away, and they live on a farm. And we know Serena Joy gets to see her mother. I know. So it's not like a once you're married, all bets are off kind of thing. I guess... 
What I would well, guess. I don't like, I just don't understand. So what is the status of a driver and his wife who are married, but technically living in their employer's basement? Right. You know, I just don't know. Like, are they allowed to apply for housing? Like, I just, I have so many questions. So So I would guess, were I to hazard a guess, I would say that Eden's parents are econo people Mm -hmm. who are devout, not brainwashed by Gilead, but they just buy into the idea of Gilead. The way a lot of people in like rural places buy into really conservative ideals Uh just because why not? So yeah, so that's what I think her parentage is. Why not? It's because they think this is the best way that life should be. Oh, pardon me. And they really, really believe it bone deep. So I shouldn't have been so flippant. Yeah. You're right. And like the thing about this though is I think also once you menarche, (laughs) As a girl in Gilead, you can be married to somebody and I don't think you get to choose. I don't think so either. And I think they just teach that to girls. This next part, I think, is very cool. Even under the horrendous circumstances. Oh my god. Also, Eden is real boring. Oh, so boring. Oh my god, though. Wait, are you talking talking about the part where Serena Joy is there? Oh, okay, sorry. I was jumping ahead. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're correct. So I'm talking to Serena Joy, takes her up, she shows her the sheets, blah, blah, blah. And she kind of tries to ask if anyone has told Eden about sex. Because she's like, did your mother tell you what to expect tonight when you lie with him? And then Serena Joy holds her face in her hand and she goes, listen, the man is the head of the family, but the woman, she is the neck. Podcast over. I have to go. I have to go think about what I did. We have to go watch my big fat Greek wedding. Yeah, basically. (laughs) What she actually tells her is that like, hey, um... This sex thing can be kind of rad. You know what I'm saying? And Eden is like, no, I do not know what you are saying. Yeah, who are you? Well, um, and, and she just keeps repeating over and over, you have such a beautiful home. She's yeah. like a broken record. And Serena keeps like, did your mother tell you to say that? Did your mother tell you to say yeah. that? It's a real Pete and repeat. Right. <laughs> oh, my God. You love that. <laughs> what I think is funny, though, and what I think this is a tip off. So she tells her that sex can be fun. And that lust is not a sin if it's with a husband and a wife, which I wrote, yes, teach pleasure in sex ed. Yes. This is one of the only like defensible things I've ever heard come out of Serena Choice. I know, I know, I know. The thing I wonder, though, is knowing that Eden has been raised to be so anti like lust and passion. Are they inviting someone into their house that could be a tattletale? And who is going to like at some point catch Nick and June maybe doing something or even catch Serena Joy and the commander doing something and be like, nah, sex bad, sex bad, sex bad. I think everybody in Gilead has the potential to be a tattletale. So I don't think it's any more risky than anything else. Okay. Sort of the advantage that they have is that she is a child. Yeah. So keep an eye on. I'm so mad. I know. God damn. It's so also, crazy. And I don't think we mentioned this. There is a scene of Offred going up to her room. Oh, yeah. And she's sitting in the window, you know, the, yeah. the window of sitting and thinking that we've seen her and Serena Joy in before. Yes. Uh-huh. The next scene is two wiener cousins enjoying a drink. <laughs> Nick and Nick and Fred. Oh, I like to call it idiot twins. <laughs> wow. Uh, <sighs> So this is an interesting moment is Nick looks at the commander in the say, face and say, by God's grace, I'll have a child of my own soon. And it's like, Ooh. 
No, and Nick has a much better poker face than Offred. Oh, yeah. And, like, Fred is, like, trying to, like, be cool, but he isn't cool. I know. But it's also interesting that it's like, yeah, he will, because June is going to get Oh, yeah. No, no, no. But, like, I meant, like, the commander's trying to also pretend, like, he doesn't know. Right. And Nick's like, I'm going to pretend that you don't know, and Mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. Anyway, it's just... He does have a much better poker face than Offred, but everybody has a better poker face than (laughs) Offred. Every single person alive. So I thought that was an interesting scene. (laughs) Oh, wait, no. That's actually like a parody song. Yeah. Cut that out, Future Kelly. Um, Hi, Future Kelly. Thanks. Face butter. Face butter. No, it's just (laughs) not going to work. I'm just not not going to do it. It's fine. It's fine. Don't worry. Don't worry. Poker face parodies. Don't worry. The next thing that happens is... I was stressed the fuck out because I was like, is this show going to make me watch a grown... I I didn't think that they would show the act. I did. But I did not want to see him go in there. I didn't want to see the camera. I'm like, Mm-mm. I don't want to see anything. Mm-mm. Well, I mean, we still haven't seen that belly button scene, so it's coming, girl. Uh, 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 it's coming. Uh, it's I just forgot coming. about it, and it's totally yep. God. I yep. bet you it's her because yep. oh god. Yep. So brace yourself. Oh that's god, something fucked up that's coming. Oh god. But oh god. Now this is interesting. So we have June. Well, he's walking in to. To go see Eden. And somehow he sees that June is at the gate? No, she threw herself out of the window. No! Yeah, she did. No, I'm sorry, that's not true. I think she did. Honey, there's bars on the window. Are there still? Because she gets to have an open flame whenever she feels like it. There are bars on the window. You can see it when she's looking out the window that there are bars. What was she doing outside? I think she's trying to get out somewhere. I think she walked out while everybody's having their little secret talks and she walks out. Well, that tied. explains why she, she doesn't didn't lose the baby. throw then. herself out the window. There are bars on the window. Boo. Sorry to burst your self-harm bubble. bubble. Yeah. Well, she's collapsed then. And this is he holds her in her arms. And this is a scene that we've seen in the trailer. It is. I don't remember it. It but. is. And we didn't. We knew Nick was holding someone and we didn't know who he's holding. And he's holding June as the rain falls. Let the rain fall down and touch my feet <laughs> colonies colonies so kit finally dies yep after a false alarm in the field yep and emily finally like comes around and says to fiona that it was a beautiful wedding i know and so she's acknowledging it they they bury kit out uh i assume near the herb garden no um, they bury her in a field of all graves oh really didn't you see there's little mounds no. All over the whole field. Thousands and thousands of them. So this is the designated burial ground. I was too ground. busy thinking that June had jumped out the window. <laughs> it's a good thing this is a two-person podcast. I know, because I'd be spreading all kinds of misinformation. And that's like my least favorite thing when I like read a recap of oh, a show. Too. And like they're wrong. And I'm like, yeah, wrong! I know we've been perpetrators of that. Speaking of which, I want to shout out the Econo Wife cable knit vests, which are very cool. And I didn't I didn't remember her name a few episodes ago, but the costume designer on the show is Ann Crabtree, and she's yes. doing a great job with these cable knit vests are honestly very comfy looking. So the boots and the cable knit vests are yeah. what we want to see. And a wife cape. Oh. <laughs> okay, fine. I would buy something from the Handmaid's Tale clothing line, but not the lingerie line. <laughs> Then the next scene is in the hospital. Now, June is in the middle of having kind of a snaps of a flashback dream sequence. Mm-hmm. almost. And here, I believe, I'm not sure, 
I think we see a snip of the pool scene in here, like a really quick like flash of that. Okay. But I, I, I'm not certain, but I believe I saw that. Anyway, go ahead. I just got the broad strokes here. Okay. So okay. Okay. I don't know why Okay. I blocked things out, Okay. but apparently I did. But she's there and Serena is there, which mm-hmm. it gave me... Again, it's like that normalization thing where I was like, oh, Serena's there. Totally. Like, and I'm like, wait, but like, this is her fault. I identify and with that 100%. Yeah. She sees that she's awake. She's like, I'll go get the doctor. And then we see June lifting her like hospital gown and she's still pregnant. But it's like, it's, it's kind of weird because like if she did lose the baby, it's unlikely that she would have passed the baby. Well, which we know is the size of a papaya right now. Right. (laughs) The thing that I think tips us off is the sound direction here, because as soon as she looks down, we hear two heartbeats. Yeah. And so so I was unclear if she was or not. But then she talks to the baby and she I love the first thing she says, which is you're tough, aren't you? Oh, my God. (gasps) Oh, my God. And that was a lot more impressive when I thought she had jumped out the window. (laughs) I know. Yeah, she didn't. She like calmly walked out of the house. Well, then they needed to show her walking out of the house because how else is she supposed to get from the window to the ground? Damn. Uh, Yeah, I found that very touching. And I believe it's a callback to a scene in season one where she's under the covers with Luke talking about Hannah. So I think the framing of this scene. Also a counterpoint to Serena Joy creeping in and talking to the baby. It totally is. Yeah. And Alfred being like, I'm here to tell you what's what. So I hope, I'm hoping this is the end of Alfred. I think it's the return of June. The return of June because Alfred is awful to spend time with. I think it is. I think this was the thing that like rattled her out of that again and is like, I'm going to get you out. It's okay. And she says, I won't let you grow up here. I'm going to get us out of here. And when she says, I'm going to get us out of here. She looks to camera. So I think Mm -hmm. this is her telling the audience, I'm not licked yet. Yeah. I'm going to be the one to take us out of Gilead. Yeah. I mean, everybody else has failed. So. So, yeah. Which is great, too, because thinking back on the scenes from the trailer that we haven't seen, one of the notable ones that I thought for sure we would see first couple episodes is her and that man sneaking out of the hallway so that's still to come so june makes another escape attempt i'm calling it right now i think she says that to us by looking in the camera and telling us don't worry i'm not i'm down but i'm not out i don't want her to talk to me i don't mind Mm, i don't like it yeah but you know what i really don't want we're having like the opposite of face butter and doofy guardian watch now because i don't want nick to do anything with no me neither but like, unfortunately i really need this to be a game of thrones sansa stark Tyrion lannister marriage where he's like uh you know what never mind yeah uh, i don't think it's gonna uh, i don't think it's gonna knowing what we know from what we haven't seen in the trailer we're gonna see something or it'll be to the point where like he's not having sex with her and she rats him out yeah for not having sex with her i hope that's what it is i hope that's what it is too i really I mean, we've been through enough. Uh, I hope that's it, too. Pretty good episode. Oh, and then the song that swells in the credits is Heading Home by Juliana Barwick. And I believe... Barwick. Yeah. Yep. And that's just it. (laughs) There's nothing... I don't think it has really lyrics. I think it's just a musical song but it's a beautiful song so if you wanted it that's who sings it and that's what it is i'm exhausted <sighs> i'm exhausted that too. episode really was the most upsetting to me mm-hmm. like oh my god 
just damn Gilead. Just when damn. I think you can't get any worse. Whew. And I think we knew that from the book that yeah. the brides tend to be very, very young. Oh, yeah. But there's a difference between reading it in a book mm-hmm. and then seeing these very young looking actresses. Oh, yeah. And, you know, and like the thing that I thought was the most horrifying was that they were all like excited like they were nervous and scared but like also like this is what they were like raised for oh it's so creepy much like the pigs mm. they're little baby pigs no yeah baby no yeah why you do that to me because it's a theme that we keep coming back to no anyway have fun eating pork now um <laughs> you bitch <laughs> i mean i think that's i can't i can't process this episode anymore like, all right let's get out i of might here. have more to say about it later but nolite tevastardes carborundorum dum-da-dum-dum-dum-dum-dum-da-dum-dum-dum-dum-dum-dum-dum-dum-dum-dum-dum-dum-dum-dum-dum-dum-dum-dum-dum-dum-dum-dum-dum-dum-dum-dum-